0: Matthew chapter 14, very familiar story. You'll know it as soon as you see it, very familiar. Verse number 22, 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain, apart to pray, and when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed from waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said unto the Lord, if thou be bid me come unto thee under the water. And he said, Come. And Peter went and came down out of the ship, and walked on the water to Jesus. But, uh, but when he saw the wind bolsterous, and was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, crying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and called him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they had come into the ship, the wind ceased, and when then they... Uh, were, that were in the ship came and worshipped him and saying, Of truth, thou art the Son of God. Learn to Mark chapter number six. Mark chapter number six. Verse number forty five. And straightway constraining the disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before him and to Bethsaia, while he while he sent away the people. And when he said unto them, Away he departed into the mountain and prayed. And when they was got, come into the ship, was in the midst of the sea, and he, and he alone on the land. And he saw them tolling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it would have been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and they were troubled. And immediately he walked, talked with them, and said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And he went into them and into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were so amazed into themselves beyond measure, and wonder. Let's John chapter six, John chapter six, verse number sixteen. And when even was now come, the disciples went down unto the sea, and they entered into a ship, and went, went over to the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reasons of great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty and thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they were. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to open our hearts and minds. Help us to be what we need to be. Empty myself and fill my spirits. Lord, may you speak the words that we need to hear. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Tonight we're looking at the second storm that the disciples went through with Jesus. There are a lot of doctrinal things in the scriptures that we just read. Pictures, types, and shadows uh, in this story that I would uh, like to draw out. And to give us some help in how we can survive the storms of the area, the storms of the age, the time which we live in tonight. We have been looking at the storms of life, but tonight I want to look at the storm of the age in which we live in tonight. I believe in the text that the immediate thought that we can grasp that this ship is that this ship is a picture of the church. It's a picture of the church. It's the old ship of Zion. Jesus Christ being one that put them in the ship and is sending them to the other side. And I believe as the old ship of Zion is sailing toward the shores of heaven, there will be some contrary winds that come into our life. There will be some dark times that come into our life. While we're in the ship, can I just say, just stay in the ship. Don't abandon ship. Don't jump the ship. The ship is still worthy uh, worthy staying in tonight. Can I say we don't have to reinvent selling, amen? We don't have to reinvent church. We don't have to change up our method of selling. We don't have to change our method of worship. Just get into the ship and start heading to the other side and the Lord will take care of you. I like where they're selling to. I like where they're going to. It's John that records the destination. He said they're uh, sailing to a place that's called Capernaum. I looked at that word Capernaum just uh, from my own self-edification, from my own thought. And it means literally a city or village of comfort. That's what it means. It means a city or a village of comfort. They are heading to the city of comfort. It's a place where they can finally stop sailing. It's a place where they can finally get out of the boat on solid ground. Can I say tonight that is where you and I are heading tonight. The old ship of Zion that we're in, uh, we're heading toward a place that we can find comfort. We're heading to a city of comfort. We're heading to a place of rest where there will never be another storm to come into our lives, amen? There'll never be another prayer request, amen? There will never be another burden. That's where we're heading to tonight. And I thank God for that. When when I got on board, that's when I got start looking forward to that place. Before I got saved, heaven was not on my mind. The things of God were not on my mind. But when I got on board, when I got into the ship, I'm looking for that day I'm excited to get off this high seas of life, this rolling seas and the burdens of life and come along beside of us. I'm looking for that day that I can step out the ship on solid ground into the city of comfort tonight when we roll up in the docks of that city and he says step out to welcome thy in, thou good and faithful servant I, I am looking for that day but until then <laughs> until then there's some things in this story that's pertinent to you and I tonight and I believe they can be a blessing to you and I like I said this is going to be a lot of doctrinal things message I want you to get a hold of this first of all we see the constraining the constraining I believe that is the picture of the church Uh, if this boat is a picture of the old ship of Zion the church of the living God we're sailing toward a fair city of comfort uh, called heaven then we got them in a the ship. What got them in a the ship? How did they get in the ship? Jesus constrained them to get in the ship. Again, where there was a both in both Matthew and Mark records this statement. Jesus constrained them to get in the ship and go to the other side. That word constrain is a strong word. It's a word. It's not a suggestion. It's not if, if you feel like it. That word is a command tonight. Constraining does not carry the thought. Well, if you want to get in, get in. But just take your time. No, Jesus is constraining them to get in the ship. He's commanding them to get into the ship and start to the other side. No, the word constrain means to compel, to push. It means to drive. Something Jesus literally begins to push them, compel them to get in that ship. He's driving them to that ship he realized this, the only way they're going to get in that ship and head for that village of comfort if they get compelled to. If they get pushed to. They got to get on the board of the ship in order to get to the other side, and obviously they're not going to get in in them themselves, so Jesus is compelling them, he's driving them, he's urging them to get on board. Because that's the only way they're going to get to the other side. Can I say this? It was the best day in my life when I got on board. The Holy Ghost of God through the preaching of the Word of God, showed me Jesus Christ and how He compelled me and He constrained me. He commanded me to flee from this refuge of this world and get into the refuge of the ship of Zion and and begin to uh, cross into the city of comfort and I got born again. I, I didn't know what that meant when I got saved. But after I got saved, I realized I didn't, just didn't get into Jesus, but Jesus got into me. He, he got into my body and I got into him. I got on board something. I got in something. I became a part of something and became a somebody heading to a somewhere tonight. Amen. We see the constraining. Listen, when I say the church, I'm not talking about the four walls here. I'm not talking about when we come and great I, I realize that there are people that are sitting in the churches today. Uh, they're sitting on the pews, uh, and, and they're not part of the church that I'm talking about. There are plenty of people that have been baptized by the church. Uh, there are plenty of people sitting in the church uh, that's not part of the church. Uh, their names are on the rolls of the church, but they're not part of the church there are people that have gone to church all their life and they're not in the church there are people who are members of a local church that are not a member of the church amen what are you talking about preaching well they're lost If you're putting your hope and faith in the church, if you're putting your hope and faith in the baptism, if you're putting your hope and faith in your names on the rolls, uh, you're lost and undone. You've never been saved. Uh, They've never been born again. They just joined up because somebody else said join up. They just joined up because mom and daddy had done it all their life. They just got a hold of something that mom and daddy had. They never became part of the church. And the church is the only thing that's going to get you to heaven tonight. Amen. You have to be a member of his church. His church of the living God. The church of the firstborn. I'm part of his body. I am in his building. I'm in the family tonight. Amen. I got that way because He constrained me. He he pushed me. He compelled me. He said, you must be born again. That's compelling. That, that, that's not well. If you think it's time to get born again, if you think it's right for you, uh, if it fits into your schedule, uh, no, he said, you must be born again. He said, except you uh, uh, repent, you shall not likewise, likewise perish. You must be born again. There, there, there was a constraining that starts the story. and There ain't nobody in here on board of the old ship of Zion that God did not constrain you, compel you to get on board tonight. Nobody makes their mind up. Nobody gets up in the morning, well, I think it's the day I'll get saved. It don't work that way. Nobody gets up and say, "Well, I think it's the day I'll start serving God." No, it don't work that way. There must be a constraining from God in your life compelling you to turn away from your sin and turn to him. There must be well, I I no, it starts out by God driving them good towards Christ and Christ getting into your heart and you're compelled and you repent and you get saved. And then you realize you're in something. You've got something. You know why some people don't make it through the storm? Because they never really got into the boat. Never really got in the boat. You know why some people who claim to be Christians can't make it through the other side of the storm? They quit. They quit reading the Bible, quit going to church. They quit praying. They quit uh, socializing with the other Christians. They just get away from church. They quit serving God. And they never got in the boat to begin with. Can I say that? They missed the boat. In the text we find it was a few that got on the boat. The multitude went away. But there was a few that got on the boat. The multitude came for the fish fry. But the few got in the boat to get the other side. Amen. You realize something, the church of the living God, you know why people just don't make it through the storm because they don't get in the boat. The Bible said broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which will find. There's going to be a lot of people hitting down a broad way. And can I say this? There are a lot of people sitting in churches that got themselves fooled. Uh, they've been, they got themselves uh, believing that they're going somewhere that they're not going. They don't have a true membership of the living God's church. Jesus says, Narrow is the way that leads to righteousness. So we see a constraining. we see the conditions you see what the two conditions are? While the disciples on the sea, according to John chapter 6, the last part of the verse, it said, it was dark. Matthew and Mark said it, the wind was contrary. Do you know what the two conditions of the last days are? Dark and contrary. I believe we're there now. If we're going to the other side, mark this down. You get it in your mind. You get it in your crawl. This is the condition that we're living in. We're living in a condition that is not clear today. It's dark. They're out in the dark of the sea. That's the day that we're living in. Over and over again, Paul said in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it is the night time, it is dark. In other words, right before Jesus comes back, uh, right before he rescues you and I out of this ship uh, heading to that comfort city, he said it's going to be a dark time, it's going to be a, a contrary time, it's going to be a last day's time. He said right before that's happening, before Jesus steps out, it's going to be a dark, dark time. I don't know about you, if you look around this world today, we're living in some dark times. We're living in some immorality times. It it don't take much to look around and say, wow, where have we come from? We're living in a uh, ministerially dark time. Never have I seen churches do what churches are doing today. They want light shows. They want a smoke screens. They want a rock concert in the church. They don't want the things of God. They don't want anything of God going on. They just uh, they want to uh, please the world. That is the condition of the last days. It's dark. It's not clear. And, that can, and they said also the wind is contrary. That word means it's against them. Paul said it's against them. The last days will be like Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Be not Uh, Carried about every wind of doctrine, he says in the last day there are going to be people to try to pull you away. There are going to be people to tell you, teach false doctrine. They want to pull you away. By cunning and craftiness, whereby lie and wait to deceive you. There are people in this world today that's wanting to deceive you. And what God has said, uh, they'll make it look good. They make it sound good. They make it look like it's some form of a church. uh, But it's not, God's not a part of it. We're living in dark times. It's not clear. And people are getting pulled away. That is the condition that we're living in today. They're doing one thing, saying another thing. We are living in the last days. It's not clear. It's not clear. I've been to churches and sit in there and go, what in the world are they talking about? You don't have the old-time preachers no more. You don't hear the hard preaching against sin anymore. We want to tickle the ears, make everybody feel good about what they're doing. Come as you are and leave as you came, and it don't make it. I'm telling you we're living in dark times today. We're living in those last days. And they said before Jesus got to the ship, it was dark and the wind was contrary. But the problem is everybody's accepting what the preachers are preaching today. If nobody in the congregation stands up and says, hey, hey, that ain't right. That's not the word of God. We'll just accept it. And the more you accept, the more you allow in, the more you take camp inside of it, the more you drift out in this world. We're living in dark days today. That's the condition that was dark times. The wind was contrary to them. Sounds like we headed down the road the wrong way, ain't it? I could just leave it right there and go home. And y'all go, wow, that's bad. But we are living in dark days. But also in this chapter, here, I see the comfort. It's dark, the wind is contrary. So, how in the world can you find comfort? Well, in Mark chapter 6, verse 46, and when he sent them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. And when even it was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone was on the land. Listen, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's going in your life, it does not escape Jesus. He knows what you're going through. He sees what you're going through. It doesn't get by him. In verse 48 he said, And he saw them toiling and rowing. Last week, the first storm we talked about, Jesus went through the storm with them. He was there. He said, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. He was there with them. But here in this storm shows us the other side of the Savior. It's the comfort in the first storm. He's with them, He's with them in the stuff. In the second storm, He is beyond them. He's beyond them. He's high on the mountain. He's looking down and seeing them. But while they're tolling and while they're rowing, thinking they don't care, they say, Hey, we're fighting the wind. It's dark out here. I don't think he even cares about it. Where he's at? He, he sent us out here by ourselves. He doesn't care about us. He don't know what we're going through. He doesn't know what we're facing. I imagine some of y'all probably said the same thing. God doesn't know what I'm going He doesn't know how I feel. But he's on the mountain. the Bible said, and he was praying. He looked down and saw them tolling and rowing. He says, Father, they need some help. Father, they need some assistant down there. Father, would you help them? He's praying for them. He's praying for them. You say, what's that got to do with us? Well, the Savior, the only way you can survive the storm is not that we're an awesome Christians. It's not because of our preachers, not because of anything else, not because of our performance. The reason we can survive the storm is that we have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. We have a daysman with the Father. We have a go-between with the Father. We've got an intercessor with the Father. And, And when I can't, he can when I can't, don't know what to say, he knows what to say. When, I, and when I'm broken, he's still whole. Uh, and when I'm, my life is shot, uh, he's still there. Uh, I, he's right there by the right hand of the Father. And he knows what I need tonight. Amen. And he knows what you need tonight. Yeah. That's comforting for me. That comforts me. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And because of that fact, let us therefore become boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus only take, lives inside of me as a person of the Holy Ghost, but he's also going through the storm with me, right beside me. As the person of Jesus Christ. But as the Son of God, the man Jesus Christ, he sat on that mountain in the glory world looking down over the balcons of heaven. He sees us tolling and rolling, struggling in the darkness and the contrary of the winds of the world today. But he hears our prayers, he hears our call. And the thing that I Don't even know how to say when I can't say it. He knows. He knows. He's able to look at the Father and say, Father, this is what he needs at this moment, at this time. Give it to him. But you know what else comforts me? I don't know if y'all got this between the two. We're looking at this. Where he's at, he's high on the mountain. He, 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 not only does he see the storm that they're in, but he sees the storms that are ahead of them. I'm so glad that when I'm in a storm, he's there with me, but he's so high up, he knows the storm that I'm getting ready to face, and now he's preparing me for that storm, getting me ready for that storm, that when I get there, I'll have everything that I need to make it through that storm. Amen. Yes, sir. But do you realize this? He sees them struggling. <laughs> he sees them rowing. He sees them towing. He sees all that. But he does not help them. It doesn't help them. Why? Why? If I could hear Christ pray in the next room, I would not fear millions of demons. I would not fear them. Yet the distance makes no difference. If I'm standing here and he's over there in that room praying and I hear him praying, that gives me the confidence knowing that my Savior is praying. And when he prays, hell listens to him. I could face all the demons in this world. But yet the distance should not matter. If He's in heaven praying. It's still the same. He's praying. He's praying. And I love that. We see his comfort, we see his consistency. Mark said they were tolling and rolling. But when you get to John, John, he said they, were, they rode about 5 and 25 and 30 furlongs. What you got is as soon as they got in the ship, the sun was going down. It was evening time. That was the first watch when they got into the ship. So when you read the account, they got in the boat somewhere around between six and nine. Now, Jesus, listen to me. Jesus doesn't show up until the fourth watch, was between what? Three and six. Talking about some consistency. They were rowing their boats from time they got into the boat until Jesus showed up. Hmm, hmm, hmm they were rowing their boats never stopped rowing their boats until jesus showed up you and i are in a boat we're rowing and what jesus is looking for is the consistency in our life and our rowing amen I said he was on the mountaintop seeing, struggling, and seeing what they're going through, but yet he does not show up. Why? Because he wants to see consistency. He wants to see that in your life. That's what he wants to see in your life. He wants to see that consistency in your life. Just keep rolling. I, I, I can see those guys on that boat. Those disciples on that boat. Rolling and tolling and rolling and tolling and and, and according to the, the said 5 25 30 that's about three miles and they've been rowing from between three and six to nine and uh six o'clock in the morning that's an awful long time we only go three miles but when you can when it's contrary to you it's hard it gets hard but i see them sitting in that boat rowing they, they they got it going on they got the motor they started out jesus said we're going to the other side let's go and they got their roars and they just are rowing and then all of a sudden they get tired the wind is pushing them away it's dark they can't see they don't understand and they try i can hear old thomas well boys we just ain't gonna make it we just, we just we're not gonna make it we're not going to make it to the other side. We've been out here towing all this time. It's been six hours. We ain't gone nowhere. We're not going to make it to the other side. Old John says, well, be of good courage. Be of good fear. Now, oh, 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 Peter would step up. Well, blankety blink, blankety blink. Peter, if you, Paul, if you don't, uh, j- uh, uh, Thomas, if you don't shut up, I'm going to throw you off this ship. Yeah. And I got to thinking about that. If that boat is the picture of Zion, as the picture of Zion, that old ship, and those are in that ship as the members of the church, boy, ain't we got some ugly church members here. That's the problem with a lot of church members. They want to poke funds at somebody. They want to stick their fingers at somebody. They want to get all in everybody else's business. Let me just say, when you get in that boat, just keep on rowing. It doesn't matter what's happening. It don't matter what they're doing. Just keep on rowing. Don't give up rowing. Just keep on rowing. Let me tell you what. Jesus said, you go on the other side. Just keep on rowing. It may look dark. It may be contrary, but just keep on rowing. Amen. Amen. That ought to bring comfort to you, amen. When somebody starts snopping off to you, why do you do that? Why do you have to go there? Just look at them and say, hey, keep rowing. Just keep rowing. Yep. Keep rowing. I, I love that song. I'll sing it a little bit. Third verse is, As I step on board, I'll be leaving. Yep. All my troubles and trials behind. That's what they're doing. They're leaving the troubles and trials behind. I'll be safe on board of Zion. I'm telling you. You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. We see the consistency. But we also see the confidence. What is the confidence? In Matthew chapter 14, Mark chapter 6, and John chapter 6, the confidence is all the way to the other side, all the way to the end. Jesus shows up in every one of those chapters. There's nothing different with each one of them said. At the very end, Jesus shows up. It's the darkest, let me tell you, it's the darkest part of the day and Jesus shows up, I don't care what you're facing, I don't care what you're going through, Jesus will show up it may look like it's not clear it's dark, the wind's contrary to you, just about the time you're ready to give up, about the time you throw the towel in, Jesus shows up and he read some out of that story, I I really love the one who said this one We're waiting on the Savior to show up and say, it is I, be a good cheer. It is I, be a good cheer. I, I love what John said here. As soon as Jesus got on board, immediately the ship was at land. They've been towing all this time. They've been rowing all this time. They've been struggling. They've been heartaches. Uh, There was an extension in the boat. There was people who were upset. But as soon as Jesus stepped in that boat, they were the other side. Can I tell you when Jesus comes uh, and I might not be there but now but when he steps out uh, I'm going to be immediately on the other side. I'm not going to worry about the things of this world. When he comes I am going to the other side and nobody's going to be able to stop me. He's going to get us out of the storms of life. He's going to get us out of the storms of burdens of this world. But the only way he's going to do that is if you stay in the boat you got to stay in the boat. It may be a struggle sometimes. You may fight it sometimes. You may want to throw in the towel sometimes. But it is worth the wait to endure, to keep going. Don't get out of the boat. I, I love that song, it was Chip as Iron. I was standing on the banks of the river. what we're doing looking out over life's troubled sea when i saw an old ship that was sailing is that the old ship of zion i see his hole was bent and battered from the storms of life i could see but the old ship was steady in the water yep. the old ship of Zion I see I could hear the captain call my name yep. <laughs> get on board the old ship of Zion it may never pass this way I'm telling you God speaking your heart it may never pass this way again Sailing out on the old ship of Zion. As I step on board, I'll be leaving, praise God. All my troubles and trials behind, I'll be safe with Jesus the captain. Sailing out on the old ship of Zion. Sailing out on the old ship of Zion. I'm looking for that day when he steps on my boat says, let's go home. Let us pray.